This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is going to come as a shock to you, in case you didn't know. You know, Navalny, the the politician that uh, Putin prosecuted and then found him guilty and then put him away in prison forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually what happens in crazy dictator-like com- uh, countries. But I have some bad news, and Stu, prepare yourself. It's kind of, it's shocking and surprising what has happened to him. Will give it to you in 60 seconds stand by first how'd you sleep last night you get a good night's sleep man i tell you i think it was because of relief factor sleep that i slept at all because i'm staying at this uh, airbnb and it's like a billion degrees hot i don't know what it is i mean i'm getting old and i don't like it hot at what point do old people when can they turn down the fires of hell heat? When does that happen to you? Because I'm never going to be able to sleep. I took some relief factor sleep last night, finally nodded off, and woke up this morning refreshed. If you have a problem sleeping, just like regular relief factor that you take for pain, relief factor sleep is 100% drug-free. Blend of natural ingredients, it's designed to promote healthy sleep by reducing anxiety and distress, improving mood, and promoting relaxation. I know from experience that it works. Feel the difference. The first night, 1995, unleash the power of great sleep by calling 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF or relieffactor.com. Last hour of the broadcast, Stu, for the whole week. The whole week. On the edge of my seat. I know. Navalny. You remember him? I do. He was the, probably the most prominent opposition leader uh, of Putin in Russia. And, uh, and the Russian courts found him guilty of all kinds of things. There were a lot of charges against Navalny. And they finally got that guy and put him away. Ooh, can you imagine? Super legitimate legal process that led right. to that. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it's like to live in Russia. Aren't you glad you live here? So uh, we told you a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was taken from, I think he was in Moscow, and he was taken in the middle of the night 
someplace. His attorney didn't know where he was for uh, for like two weeks. Finally, they say we took him to the polar wolf Arctic penal colony. Now, this is a place. It's in the Arctic Circle. And uh, there is no escape because you go outside and you die. So I, I didn't think this was good for him. You know, I don't think anybody thought, oh, well, he's going to kick back. <laughs> you know, I, I think there were some people that thought he didn't even make it there. You know, somehow or another. Oh, it's just he caught a cold. It was breezy in his head because they found a hole in his head. Um, but he was out walk. Ready? He was out walking last Friday in the polar world, uh, polar wolf Arctic penal colony. Apparently, he liked to go outside and walk. Now, does that sound like something in the wintertime, Stu, that you would recommend? You know... No, I would not. And it's, you know, I'm not a fan of exercise generally, but I think this is the type of exercise you should avoid for sure. Yeah, it's, again, in the Arctic Circle. Mm. So uh, he apparently just loved to walk outside and they'd let him. And they said that, uh, you know, 47 years old, he's the guy who went after the corruption and opulence of the crooks and thieves of Russia's elites and uh, Putin. And they said he just went out, went outside for a walk. And then he came back in and he felt unwell. Uh, And then, you know, they brought him back to the cell and he fell unconscious almost immediately. Uh, And the prison said, quote, all necessary uh, resuscitation measures were carried out, Mm. which did not yield positive results. Oh, I'm kidding me. No. And Mm. I am sure they strapped electric wires to him and beat his chest. (laughs) uh, That's not the way we would Mm. put it here. I'm sorry. But so uh, Putin was told about the death and he said, hmm, all broken up, all broken up. Mm. Uh, I think he might have been a little sad because he didn't get to throw this guy from a window, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a really shock, a huge shocker uh, that uh, that this happened. I was really surprised. The most surprising death of all time. Yeah, and I don't think anything else could be said except this. Um, when I first was told the story, uh, I heard them say, yeah, he was on a walk at the polar wolf and i didn't know that was the name of the prison and i just i misheard them i thought they said he was on a walk on the polar roof arctic penal uh, penal colony mm-hmm. and so and just kept walking forgot to take yeah, a left thought, hand turn that's really not a good th- i mean in any in any way shape or form you're in russia don't walk on the roof uh <laughs> just they Fair. have a problem. I, I don't know if they're all slippery or what, but a lot of people fall from the roof. I imagine the, the the balls of this guy are like two in the middle of all of this going on. Like he has no fear at all for any repercussions as to his actions of just killing people <laughs> that, no. that, that oppose him. Has no. no. I mean, all the all the 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 microscopes that are on every one of his actions right now, and does not care at all. And you know, I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, We have somebody who's listening earlier to the program. A friend of mine wrote in uh, because we were talking about uh, 
uh, Fanny uh, Willis opening herself up to uh, embezzlement investigations um, because her cash. Uh, do we have that clip? Can we play that clip, please, of uh, Fanny Willis talking about the uh, the cash that she has? Cut to. But I always have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house. And I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, Mm. I don't go on many dates. But when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? (laughs) It came out of the bank. Cash is uh, ma'am, uh, this is a Wendy's. fungible. Um, We've had cash for years in my house. So for fungible. me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, hmm. I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today as I would normally sure. have, but sure. I'm building back up now. So you just yeah. put money in. It's a very good practice. I would advise it to all women sure sure so she right now doesn't have thousands and thousands of dollars in cash like she used to but uh but she's she's building back up okay and and look i think she's right i think it's a it's a good piece of advice that if you're going out on a date you have a couple hundred bucks in your purse because you never know what's going to happen you want to make sure you're prepared for anything i I think that's a good thing for everybody to do a lot of people don't use cash now and so they don't carry it ever and it's like well you never know when there's a credit card machine down or the atm is broke you know who knows what's going to happen have be prepared with a couple hundred bucks sure yeah four thousand four thousand dollars that you're just handing over on random occasions constantly to your boyfriend to pay for luxurious trips all over the world Meh, not so common well, no, not necessarily no, the same she, advice look she took some money out of her first campaign and kept some of that cash <laughs> now here's the good news because i just i just got a, 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 a letter in from a friend who said so did fanny willis open herself up to an embezzlement investigation she stated her cash hoard cash was fungible Mm -hmm. she used some of her cash hoard for her campaign generally that means she loaned her own cash to the campaign perfectly legal if you keep records of the money and how much money is moving when it was over presumably she got paid back from her campaign via donors i guess remember she was allegedly a soros-backed da candidate she kept some of that she said well, there must, capital letters, must be records of both of those transactions because there's no way her campaign could have paid her back in cash. So at least she opened herself up to campaign finance investigation for how the money got in and out of her campaign and how she got paid back and how she turned the check or the bank wire from her campaign back to into cash for her hoard even if her campaign paid her back in cash, there must be a record. Otherwise, it's not legal. Camp could refer this in and of itself to the state prosecutor's office and likely appoint a special prosecutor for investigation on this. I mean, it could theoretically be, right, that she withdrew this cash. She at one point talked about withdrawing $50,000 to pay for her campaign expenses in a campaign that she lost previously. So she was complaining about how she had no money. And this is one of the things that's not possible. It's not possible. Well, she talked. This is what she said. She did. I know. But may I just have you ever tried to withdraw a large sum of money from the bank? 
ten thousand uh, dollars, five thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean not often, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, okay, attempted. ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't yeah, think, I don't attempted. Know. Maybe. Okay, so you go in and you ask for fifty thousand dollars in cash. Never. The bank that. will. T- mm-hmm. Okay, the bank will tell you we don't have that cash. You'll have to come back Tuesday or next week at some point. Is that true? Oh yeah. The reason I the asked banks- that, I was just reading this story from, and I think it was in our, it's in your uh, email newsletter today. But it's a story about the, the the personal finance woman at New York Magazine who got a call from someone who said they were from the government and needed her to put fifty thousand dollars into a shoebox and hand it to a guy in a car that was passing by, and she did it. <laughs> uh, which is, I don't know that I'm taking her advice in future columns, um, yeah. but but she said in that story that she went in and withdrew fifty thousand dollars from her bank account, and they Maybe. the the woman they didn't even ask the bank didn't even ask her what it was for, uh, which is to me was shocking. Yeah, well, the bank I, doesn't have. The bank doesn't have to, but she would be setting off alarms over 10,000. Right. It would be reported to the government. But uh, I know I have asked for a sum of money um, and was going to buy something in cash. And uh, I was I was put through the ringer on it and told it would be two weeks beforehand Jeez. because all of the money in the bank, at least this is the way it is in Texas, all of the money in our banks is not in the vault. They take that every night and they bring it to the treasury. And then the bank has to say how much money they need for daily operation. So when you go take a large sum of money out, you can't do it right away. Now, maybe that's different in Atlanta, but I highly doubt it. You know, and why would you take out cash? Well, yeah, and this is what I was was trying to get to is like if you took if you had fifty thousand dollars in the bank and you wanted to use it for your campaign, you would either take $50,000 out, as you pointed out, and loan it to your campaign, which would be a very normal way politicians, you wouldn't do that in cash, of course, but it would be a normal thing that politicians do. They take money out and loan to the campaign all the time. Um, that's very normal. However, um, you would either do it that trail. way, and then there would be the, all the problems you just discussed, or you could theoretically take this money out for some reason and not and, and give it to the campaign as it's needed, right? Like, you wouldn't necessarily... Uh, give it all at once but there'd be no reason to do that in in cash form if you had to withdraw it no. from the bank anyway you wouldn't put fifty thousand dollars at your house and then loan a thousand dollars a week to your campaign why would it makes you no keep sense. that i mean it makes no sense at all it, why would you have fifty thousand dollars why would you want it in your house no it's it's a terrible if anybody idea found out that you had that in your house it makes you and your family a target and like i don't why know would you want that and how could they find out unless you happen to testify about it in in front of the entire country and tell everyone that you usually have tens of thousands of dollars at your home which she did yesterday I, which is a terrible idea terrible <laughs> you know and even he said well you know if I had that much money in my house, I would never say that. Why would I say that? It'd make me a target. He said that. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't have as much now. You know, I've got, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but I used to keep hundreds of thousands of dollars in my <laughs> Millions, house. billions yeah. of dollars. I could go on vacation. I like to pay, you know, I like to pay everything in cash because it doesn't, It honestly, it doesn't bring up any suspect uh you know on on my name or reputation i go to the airport and i say i want a ticket to aruba and i just put four thousand dollars down at the airport they love it 
They love it. Actually, no. Uh, I, I have my boyfriend pay for it on his business card, and then I give him cash in return. It's even worse yeah. than you bringing the cash to the airport. It's, it's so like if, if he turned that in, that bank statement, to his business, did he get reimbursed for it? Right. He or did he come to the did he come to the cashier and just pay that in cash, you know, at the at his at his place of business? Yeah, it's unclear. He kind of made it seem they did follow up and try to basically get him on the uh, the idea that he deducted this as a business expense, which he denied. He said he did not deduct it as a business expense. So he, you know, and this happens, you know, if you, especially if yeah. you're a small business owner, sometimes you put stuff on your card you don't even mean to. That's a personal thing. And you have to sure. make sure you keep detailed records to make sure that you know that that is not a business expense because you detailed record every, you know, any, anybody who has these sorts of arrangements, if you have a small business or something, you know, how crazy you have to be on this stuff because they'll go after you for anything so you have to keep detailed records you know if you you transfer money from one account to another you in the note you make sure you put in there this is for a personal expense like you have to make sure you're really on top of this and you use the right cards for the right circumstances all the time because any competent person who really cares about getting this stuff right is going to make sure they're all over it oh my gosh these two would be an irs dream Imagine being an agent going, please, please assign them to me. Please let me look in. Uh, all right. And by the way, if they weren't, uh, if they weren't liberals, uh, the IRS would already be knocking at their door. All right. Rough Greens. Rita wrote in about her dog's experience. She said, my dog Timmy's medicine is added to his prescription dog food. It's so critical that he eats. But he lost interest in the food after another of our dogs uh, passed away. Our vet suggested another prescription to stimulate his appetite. I decided, hey, let's try Rough Greens before introducing yet another drug into our dog system. I'm very happy that I did. Timmy's not only interested in eating again, but he also wants to go for a walk. He wants to play with his toys and chase squirrels again. Thank you, Rough Greens. Rough Greens not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black that you sprinkle on the dog's food. Remember, brown food is dead food. You want the green stuff. And the folks at uh, Rough Greens are so confident that your dogs are going to love it, they're going to give you the first trial bag for free at roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. First trial bag for free. You just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Do you have that clip, Sarah? All right. Uh, there's um, there's some really interesting things going on uh, in the AI world. Did you see what uh, OpenAI has done lately, Stu? Yeah, the video situation, yeah. which is Text crazy. Text to video. You open up a chat box and you say, hey, I want you to create a scene of two lovers walking down the street hand in hand uh, in you know China or Japan. That's exactly what was typed into uh, this new uh, chat GPT, and this is the scene. Now, if you look at that, it's really good, but you could tell that it's AI, correct? You could see that that's computer generated, but it's for being typed in and then just generated from that. That is incredible. Yeah, and I thought that was the, I saw the same one on on uh, in the on the Tokyo streets. 
Um, that was, I thought, the weakest one. I mean, the the one with the there's the uh, there's a puppy dog one that looks well, really realistic. Here is the puppy dog. Two yeah, puppy dogs uh, playing in the snow. You would not have any idea that that was fake. No, would you? No, and they're absolutely adorable. Look at that. They got the, they got the snow all over their face. They had the um, uh, the woolly mammoth walking through the snow was another one that was created again by a sentence of text. And, you know, this is coming so far so fast. It's going to be fascinating to see how we unwind this. This is another one, Glenn, that you keep bringing this up that a therapist once told you, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and say, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. <laughs> that is where I am on this AI stuff right now because it's really bad. Who knows? Can you imagine where this is going to go when it comes to, you know, you want to talk about yes, I can imagine. That's why that's why I don't sleep. Right, I can imagine it. And it's both things too. It 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 also gives you like a someone. I can't remember the phrase I heard used to describe this. I think it was the liar's dividend. But it was basically that like it also works the other side. Let's just say Joe Biden is is actually caught on tape saying, uh, yes, we're going to uh, manipulate laws to benefit our business and I'm going to get money from uh, Hunter Biden and blah, 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 whatever the thing is. He would just say it was AI and at least half the country would believe him. Like now real things are going to go the opposite way. I know. Fake things are going to be thought that they are real. We are really at that point. Yeah, you won't know because you won't be able to verify one way or another. Only the experts are going to be able to verify is that real or is that AI? I mean, Stu, we are now at the time. I know we've, I've said this to you since 97. There will come a time when you will not be able to believe your ears or your eyes. We're there. Mm-hmm. We are there. We just haven't been truly tested uh, with it yet. But that test is coming, and I'm guessing that test is coming uh, sometime before November. We'll see. More on this coming up. know that uh, more first responders have died since 9-11 from related illnesses than actually died on that day 23 years ago. There are only two states in the entire country which required to teach kindergarten through 12th grade kids about one of the darkest days in our modern history. There are 12. Most kids cannot tell you the first thing about 9-11. Well, the Tunnel to Towers Institute is doing something about that. They're providing nonfiction resources to these teachers to help educate kids. These are full curriculum units with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background information for the teachers. They're first-person accounts told through videos and the Discovering Heroes book series. They're all fact-based, and your kids need to know it. They also have a speaker's bureau for classrooms, a mobile exhibit which tours with 9-11 artifacts, and then there's the Russell F. Schiller Memorial Scholarships for the children of program uh, recipients. Never forgetting about 9-11. Will you help us do that? Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The code right now is free speech. You'll save 30% off your subscription to Blaze TV.
anyway, welcome to the Glenbeck program. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it is Friday. Is there what is it that we haven't really hit yet, Stu? Uh, that you know is very very important to hit. Do you think? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I know we've certainly gone over uh, uh, much of the Fannie Willis uh, or Fannie Willis uh, nonsense yeah. today, and that's Fanny. Um, amazing. And it goes into her um, embrace of you know constant uh, accusation of racism to explain yeah. her own behavior and all the things coming her way. Um, one thing I would love to. Uh, to talk about if if you have time maybe this weekend and you have to read this book you have to read this book okay, what is it um it's by coleman hughes it's his new book um and it is let's see if i can just get the name of it real quick um because i just finished reading it and uh it is the best book on race that i've read in quite a long time oh i love those books on race you will uh, it, you will legitimately love this book um I think the subtitle of it, oh, here it is, The End of Race Politics, Arguments for a Colorblind America. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait. End of Race Politics, politics? Arguments for a Colorblind America is the subtitle. And it goes through how the civil rights movement was founded completely on a basis of an argument for colorblindness and how the left and, you know, people like Ibram Kendi and uh, Robin mm -hmm. D'Angelo have taken that message and um, at the same time kind of adopting it and adopting the good vibes around Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement uh, generally, and but have completely changed the message to, you know, the CRT stuff that we all kind of uh, observe today. And he just goes through piece after piece of evidence as to why this was not the initial idea, why it's harmful, where uh, where it came from. Um, and uh, how flawed it is in, in every respect and how what, what the solutions are to solve this problem. Um, if you don't know who Coleman Hughes is, he, he's an, an African-American gentleman making these arguments, uh, which I guess makes him not a racist or I, I guess we have to call him some sort of I don't know exactly what kind of racist he is. He has to be a racist if he's making these arguments. But uh, end of the story is it's an excellent, excellent book, uh, you know, and something it's an important book. I think it's one of those things that should change the dynamic and i think like if even with people who are on the left i think this would be is, is is an effective message because i think if you put his words next to ibram kendi's words there's almost no one in america that would choose ibram kendi you know the, you know the idea that the only solution for past discrimination is present discrimination and the only solution for uh, uh present discrimination is future discrimination that is t uh, totally against what I think even left-wing Americans believe. And looking at this as just saying, hey, let's give everybody equal opportunity and not, uh, you know, be outwardly racist like we saw, you know, 40, 50 years ago. It, approaching it from a colorblind perspective and doing everything we can to encourage, you know, colorblindness in everything from resumes to, you know, college applications and all these things is a real positive. And honestly, I think every Democrat that at least I know would agree with that. 
So I, I'm, I've got to read it, um, despite the fact that you said it's a very important book. I really do think it is, That's though. Like like, to, there's a few no, of those I, that I, that there are no, few of those I feel like that way it. about. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it sounds like that way, but nobody ever wants to go to a movie that's a very important movie. It's also it's very, very interesting, important. and it's, a, it's well yeah. presented. I, you're right. I don't want to seem... Yeah. It's, it, that makes it sound no, know, ostentatious, but it's like it yeah. really... I think it really is, in this moment, Glenn, something... like. As soon as I was finished reading it, I'm like, Glenn Beck has to do a podcast with this guy. Like, you have okay. to have an hour-long conversation. Let's line it up. Mm-hmm. Let's line it up. I'll read. I'll start reading the book. Uh, students in Seattle English class were told that their love of reading and writing is a characteristic of white supremacy. This is in the Seattle public schools, high school. Uh, the lesson plan, one local father speaking out, calling it educational malpractice, said as part of the Black Lives Matter program at school week, The uh, world literature and composition students at Lincoln High School were given a handout with definitions of the nine characteristics of white supremacy. According to the father uh, of a student, given the subject matter of the class, father wound up saying, please, can you not use my name? The Seattle high schoolers were told that worship of the written word is white supremacy because it is an erasure of the wide range of ways we communicate with each other. That's why unless you speak, you really don't understand the context. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's hard to get the meaning out of uh, a book with. Anyway, uh, the world. <laughs> you really you know what that I'm saying, Stu? You've mastered that accent. Uh, just, it you sounds can't so tell. Authentic. You can't yeah. tell that I'm not uh, just a native speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the very, I'm learning that language. I just, I just want you to know. I, you know, I'm not good at. I'm not even good at the English language. But I, I have a feeling I could master that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me saying. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, by this uh, definition, the very subject of world literature and composition is racist. Uh, it's racist to uh, honor a form uh, what is written and even only when it's written to a narrow standard full of misinformation of, and lies. That's what they're that's what they're learning uh, in Seattle. Hmm. Um, meanwhile, San Francisco has reversed uh, their equitable ban on middle school algebra and all the kids are very disappointed in that. Very, very uh disappointed uh the uh, transgender issues charter school uh has some people really upset uh i can't imagine i can't imagine why uh it's just a whole charter school uh that's based around gender and your gender environment national magazine has named drag queen patty gonia as (laughs) traveler of the year wait she's the traveler Hmm? of the year what what traveler of the year yeah. What yeah. How, what does what how do you win that award exactly? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think I probably could have told you before, but now Patagonia has been uh she's a intersectional environmentalist drag queen uh who advocates for inclusivity in the outdoors. So <laughs> are we I'm not, <laughs> no. I think we should probably leave that where it is, don't you think? Oh, I, uh, it's interesting because the only time I can remember anyone being banned from going outdoors was when they stopped us doing that in, from COVID. Like Gavin Newsom didn't allow you to go to the beach. Uh, but are we no, now no, no. banning? No, no, no. She wants you to be inclusive in the outdoors. Right. I was there a f- 
a fight against inclusivity of the outdoors? Horses. Have you ever been into the woods? My gosh, you bigot. Have you ever been in the woods? I try not to where go to the woods. The yeah, white I mean, owls just mock the other owls. <laughs> no, is that what happened? I guess if a tree yeah. falls on one, we wouldn't know about it. Yeah. But the the white ferrets <laughs> that are out there, they're just they command <laughs> all of the other ferrets. Are there what? Are there white? I've never seen a white ferret. I guess there are. Oh, of course there are. Mm. Of course there are, Stu. The white ferrets control the woods. But the I'm not going to tell it to you. You'll never get it. All right, back in just a second. No, I, w- I won't. First, let me tell you about good ranchers. Mm. There is one thing I love better than eating a good steak. Nope, nope. Actually, oh, okay, a steak that comes from America. Maybe that I could change. You know, I could. But it's still technically a great steak. Great steak from an American rancher. It's the best. Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers, is that's what you get every time when you subscribe to any of their 100% American meat boxes. They'll add one and a half pounds of Applewood smoked bacon to your order. Mmm, bacon. Not once, not twice, but every single order for an entire year. We're talking about 100% American meat, so you can trust every single bite. Comes from Good Ranchers. Com. Pick your box, use my code BECK, and enjoy $240 of free bacon. Stock your fridge. Only on this show would we be saying free bacon. And people would be like, yeah, every day. Stock up your fridge with easy-to-prepare, delicious American meat all year long. Not sure which box to choose? They have the uh, brand-new Weekly Essentials box. It's full of pre-trimmed beef, chicken, whatever you need. Helps you for your meal prep. So you can save time without sacrificing on flavor. Fall in love with beef, chicken, seafood, especially bacon all over again by subscribing at GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK when you subscribe. You'll claim $240 in free bacon. American meat delivered. GoodRanchers.com. Are opinions weighing you down? Call in and let it out. 888-727-BE. CK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So it's been a long week. Uh, we've, you know, we get complaints all the time here, and normally we don't respond to them uh, because they're just, you know, we can't can't help it. But somebody said earlier on in the program. Uh, it was wildly inappropriate what we were saying about uh, Fannie Willis. Uh, and I don't – do you recall any of this, Stu? No. I we were very um, – I mean, Fonny. Maybe they were saying they don't like the way you're Fonny. saying Fannie Willis. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Fonny Willis. Uh, and I don't remember. Can you play back the part where people said that they were offended? Sarah? There was this other thing. Their interaction was f- fascinating between Wade and, and Willis. W- Willis – continually kept talking about bizarre relationship details that she was not being asked about. <laughs> did, did you notice this? This was fascinating. Oh, yeah, no. How could... If you watched it... Yeah. How could you miss it? At, at one point, like, she kept making this distinction as when their relationship ended. She claims it ended in August, and he... She... He didn't say this, but she claims that he thinks the relationship ended in June or July because that was the last time they had sex. 
And she kept bringing this up. Like, you know, you know how men are. Men think relationships stop the last time you have sex. And I believe it stops when you have an uncomfortable conversation, the breakup conversation. Well, hang on just a second, Mm -hmm. Stu. Hey, may I just point out, he also believes that his marriage is over, uh, you know, long before the divorce proceedings. When you're testifying, did you have an affair during your marriage? And the answer is no. And you're still married Mm -hmm. and seeing someone. You don't get to say in a court of law, well, yeah, but that's not how I define marriage. Right. <laughs> so it's these people. So you know, go ahead. I will say yeah. in this day and age, you do get to occasionally make up definitions of marriage. That is something yes. that we have yes. learned over the years. Yes. You are occasionally yes. able to do. <laughs> uh, but, but so she so she was saying, OK, well, that's how men think. Now, again, I guess you're just able to just trash all men. That's how men think. Now, I don't of no guy who's like, actually, we broke up on Tuesday, but I think of the relationship ending last thursday because we hooked up last thursday like i don't know guys who who think it that way but okay let's just take that as it is then uh, that was not something they were asking about though they were not saying like you know she wanted to tell this story she wanted to tell the story so bad and then she says he you know she starts going into the details of their breakup conversation and the attorney cuts now you're not supposed to do this as an attorney you want the you want the witness to just run their mouth and hopefully give you details you didn't think were coming The attorney cuts her off and says, yeah, no, I'm not asking about the details of your conversation. You don't need to go into that. I'm not asking about that. She interrupts him and says, oh, well, you should ask about that. Wait, 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 wait. I have to also lead that she went on a rage Mm -hmm. about how she was being personally violated. Her her most important relationships have been hung out for everybody to see and it she is offended that anybody would do that to her right and then she's privacy violations giving all sorts of details and multiple times tries to bring up that nathan wade the guy she was sleeping with had erectile dysfunction problems she attempts to do it multiple times, and the right. attorneys and keep cutting like, about, I'm, re- I'm really grossed out. We don't need to. We know don't need to know this information. <laughs> and at one point, and, and eventually, she gets to the point where she can bring it up because he, he the, the, the attorneys are trying to get the timeline of this relationship. Again, multiple witnesses are saying it started in 2019. They're denying that. So he's like, "Well, what about in 2022? Did you guys have a relationship?" Her point on that is, it was impossible for us to have a relationship. Because he had some sort of cancer, which apparently gave him erectile dysfunction. Um, And again, they keep trying to cut her off before she says this stuff. She eventually gets it out and then says, and then says, uh, I'm sorry. She she says, well, I mean, he had issues that would make a relationship impossible, if you know what I mean. But I am not going to emasculate a black man. And the, the attorney's like, did it. wait, wait a minute. What? <laughs> like, we didn't ask you about this. And he's so shocked. He's like, uh, what? And she says, I will not emasculate 
a black man and then sits back I in need that chair. audio oh, I need that audio it was incredible <laughs> and you gotta think this guy Nathan Wade who's by the way trying to share this BS story about cash payments and when the relationships start like, they're, like some, they're on the same team they've obviously arranged this story and he's like why are you talking about my wiener there's no reason to, <laughs> why, why why is that be, why Why are you doing that Stop you wouldn't bringing ask that me up. about a relationship if right. you saw his wiener. <laughs> That's basic. I, that how was her defense. How dare you? Her defense. <laughs> <It really> was. <laughs> this guy couldn't perform at all. Let me tell you about what he tried to do this oh one time. Well, Ma'am, can I ask, stop. Can I ask you this? What I find so infuriating is their logic never, never meets. It, no. it is never complete. So on one hand, uh, she is talking about how we can't have a relationship. It's impossible. He just asked if your relationship, I can't, we couldn't have because his wiener wouldn't work. <laughs> Earlier, when she's asked about relationship ending, she says, guys only think right. of that as sex. Women think of it differently. Wait, no, apparently you think about the sex too because they asked you about your relationship. Not, you know, yeah, she not said his impo- wiener. Mm-hmm. She said it was impossible without that factor. And then later on said that it's the exact opposite stance. Exact opposite. Incredible. Yeah, it's cr- it is really. Well, uh, oh. Stu, I don't know about you, uh, but I don't think we have anything to apologize for. It might have got a little too medical and technical there at the end, but. Yeah, you know, sometimes we get in too deep into biology and we realize not everyone's a scientist. I got that. If, That's if our fault. you didn't That's watch this testimony yesterday, we couldn't stop watching it. You've got to watch it. It is so entertaining. The Glenn Beck Program.